Welcome to the 10 Loans a Month podcast, where mortgage brokers become business owners. And now, your host, Ryan Wiley. Hey, Ryan Wiley here with 10 Loans a Month Academy. This is going to be part two of four. These are things I wish I knew earlier in my mortgage career. It's a big list. I feel like there's a ton of value in here, though. It doesn't matter if you've been in the industry for 10, 15 years or you've been in it for 10, 15 days. This is stuff I feel like I'd love to get your perspective on as well. Stuff you probably felt the pain on. And looking back, you're like, oh, yeah, geez, I wish I did that. So I tried to get a little granular on some things. And I'm being open and honest about a lot of things. And so I'm going to walk you through part one was five things. These are in no specific order. I'm going to walk you through another five things I wish that I knew earlier in my career. Okay, so let's just jump into it. So number one, I wish I knew this earlier. I feel like we are better now because we've come out of COVID and I think a lot of business models are set up this way, but don't meet clients. Early in my career, I would meet clients. I remember I must have met four or five people at their freaking kitchen table. Like, man, awkward that is coming in a suit seven at night with your, you know, my fake leather briefcase. And I'm coming in because I had no money. I'm like, hey, and I'm meeting you. And I got like a little word thing. I'm scribbling stuff on and we chat. And it's just, hey, do you want some tea or coffee? I'm like, no, I'm good. Like, it's just awkward to start with. And if you had a brick and mortar building, well, I feel like unless you're in a small community and you're playing that game. Once again, these are my opinions, right? They don't only mean so much. I'm just telling you mistakes I made and things I wish I knew earlier in my career. I would meet people and... I just found, wow, people at the end of the day don't really want to meet. The demographic that wants to meet aren't my avatars. The people don't want to go find a babysitter, go find parking, go take time off work. They'd rather crush out a 15-minute call and then handle things through email. That's how I would. So I wanted to build my business that way. So I wasted a lot of time getting in front of people. I feel like we're different now as an industry. I feel like it's a lot more accepted. I hadn't met anyone in probably the last nine or 10 years, the business ran a virtual brokerage, we call it. And clients, they're going to say, hey, can we meet? Well, you know what? I'm going to take you through the process. At some point, if you want to see the whites of my eyes, we can do it. But let's just start the process and we'll see how smooth it's going. And then we'll reevaluate. How does that sound? Yeah, okay. That sounds good. It never comes up. We want to meet you. There's nothing because it's just so easy, the process. Right. So that was something I wish I learned early in my career. I feel like a lot of brokers aren't meeting people now, which I think is really cool. It's a lot more efficient. Your expenses are a lot lower. But if you're going to do that, the trade off might be maybe you have more of a, a social media presence. Right. And so I do cover that. That was my fifth thing I wish I knew on part one. It was a big one for me. Number two, second thing I wish I knew earlier in my career was taxes. Yeah. There's this thing called taxes when you're self employed that, like, apparently, CRA wants money from you. I didn't know. I thought you get your money and it just goes to your bank account and then you spend it. I know I was very naive on that, but yeah, they want money. So however you come up with tracking your expenses, however you come up with tracking the income tax you're going to pay, an easy, easy, easy way is to take the money you get paid 10000 and just throw $3,500, four grand, like direct bill payment to your social number from your bank account. That's a simple way where I just go set up, forget it. Obviously, you could take the money, put in a different bank account, earn interest on that, pull it out. Okay, okay, sure. And there's probably other ways to do it. I'm just saying early on, I wish I knew more about that. That was me just sticking my head in the sand, not really knowing. And honestly, I just get money. I'm like, wow, that's great. I've been waiting for money for a while because I haven't made any. 
So not realizing I had to give a lot of that away. So I had big tax bills that I had to pay and come up with, which I did. And they made the mistake again a couple of years later. So there you go. That's one thing I wish I knew earlier on. You might be like, Ryan, you are crazy. The fact you didn't know that. Well, yeah, there's certain things I'm really good at. There's certain other things where I'm like, meh, that's one of those things, paying the taxes, right? So everything is set up good now, but I wish I would have just known that and had some things in place, some processes earlier on. So I would say ask someone you know and respect about an accountant that you can use. And I personally like the accountants that just not the steady eddies. I like the ones that play in the gray area. I'll pay more money for those accountants because they'll save me more money over time and get into litigation with CRA. You might say like, that sounds horrible, but over the course of your lifetime, they can save you hundreds of thousands of dollars. Okay. So please do some research with people, you know, who are self-employed, who are mortgage brokers and have some conversations with them about their accountant and why they like them so much. Okay. That's number two. Number three, things I wish I knew earlier in my career, that relationships matter. Once again, this sounds like something that you think we would all know. And all too often, especially you know, working from home, you sort of get caught up and you're working in your bubble, right? And I always said, like, I don't go out a lot. I'm at home doing phone calls and emails and videos or webinars and just doing that. And then when I'm not doing that, I'm doing other stuff with my family, right? So I'm not out building those relationships in our industry. And that's something I missed the mark on. It's quite interesting. You have a deal that you want done and you can send it to lender A. And lender A will tell you, no, we're not doing it. And then you say, I'll ask for an exception, please. And then they say, I tried, but we didn't get it done. And then a different broker sends in the exact same deal, exact same structure, everything into lender A and gets it done. Why do you think that is? They got it done because they have a relationship. Sure, they might have some volume, but if you're at the right brokerage, you're going to have volume with every lender. So that's kind of a moot point. Now it moves to relationship. So having a relationship built with the lender is very crucial. They are a big, 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 big part of your business. Your client should be number one, hands down, without a doubt. Everything is in the client's best interest. Number two is the lenders, right? We need them. We need them more than they need us. So I didn't realize that. So I didn't put a lot of time in nurturing that relationship early on. I did change that as my career changed. And then I started to get deals done that I wasn't getting done before, which I thought was really cool. But I had to spend that time. Same with your colleagues, your referral partners, same thing goes. You just never know what you're going to stumble upon by putting yourself out there and even asking people for things. I didn't do that. I tried to be my own thing. I'm a very private individual and I didn't necessarily want to go ask people for help. I would figure it out on my own. And that worked against me. If I would have put myself out there a little more, I probably would have had a bigger Rolodex of people, a bigger circle to rely on, bigger support network, but I didn't. So if going back, I would absolutely do that. Okay, number four, things I wish I knew earlier in my career, start a mastermind. All too often, we're looking for solutions. There's no problem in your mortgage business that someone else hasn't already figured out. That's why the academy exists. That's why we have a lot of people in the academy. That's why it's going to be around forever. It's going to be the number one training academy. It already is in Canada for mortgage brokers. So we found the solutions to people's problems. So now you don't have to go search for them. You just come in the academy and we'll help you solve it. So same thing can be said with you building your own mastermind. Now you might not get the degree of training that you need. Well, you definitely want the academy, but there are people around you that you may or may not even know yet that have faced challenges that you already have in your business. 
So why not start your own mastermind? Get three, four people, meet once a month, get these people that are in the same ballpark. And they could be, if you're 10 million, get people that are 8 million to 20 million. And you could be the person that is seen running the mastermind. It's your job to be the dumbest kid at the table, right? You never want to be the smartest kid. You're going to be sharing everything and talking all the time. And you want to be the dumbest kid at the table, dumbest kid at the table, and you're going to learn. And you might not bring a ton of value month to month on the stuff, but you're the one organizing. You're the one sending the links out. You're the one making sure people show up. You're the one sending the recordings out. You're the one making sure everyone has the topic they need to talk about. And then have a purpose. It's not just coming in every month and going, hey, Tim, John, Sally, what are we doing today? What's going on? No, it's, hey, this month we're talking about database marketing. So what do you send out? What works? How often do you send it out? What software you send out? Everyone's got 10 minutes to show your screen, go around and let's see what you're doing. And I'm going to grab inspiration from, I'm going to ask you questions and vice versa. Then there might be a project that comes out of it. And then you're going to each do parts of that project. And so you guys are all building out, let's just say it's a drip campaign. Each of you are going to go build out one email and then you're going to share with each other. Now you have five emails, right? You're not going to go build out five and have them build out five. Right. So that's what I would do. I wish I did that earlier. My career would have been further along. It's a way to leverage other people. It's a way to leverage other people's experiences. They're the workforce of your mastermind. So I think it's a very cool, it doesn't cost you a dollar to do. And especially if you're the person organizing it, you're at a position of power. You can let people in if you want, but you don't have to be the smartest kid at the table. Okay. So that was number four. Number five, this is a big one. And some of you could be 10 years in. And still not here. Some of you could be 10 days in and you're definitely not here. But I wish earlier in my career, I went all in sooner. And you might be like, yeah, of course, Ryan. Yeah, it's 100% commission. You got to go all in. No, 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 no. All too often. And I did this. So I'm not talking about anything that I'm going, hey, other people are doing this. I know other people are, but I did it too. Okay. So I'm sharing this with you. I didn't go all in. I'd go to work. I would make a phone call or two, sit in the office, check out some lender guidelines, go to a lender, lunch and learn, eat a sandwich, walk around, get a coffee, talk with people at the water cooler, come back, send a couple emails, you know, hey, that realtor didn't get back to me. They must already have a broker, you know, and I'd be like, hey, I had a day, you know, I had a good day. It's like, really? Like deep down, I knew I wasn't going all in. Eventually, your spouse and your other, or hopefully just you looking yourself in the mirror one day, you're going to be like, Ryan, what are you doing? Like, are we going to do this or not? Like you're a smart person. We should be further along. What are we doing? So the quicker that you tell yourself and commit to being all in, then you're actually all freaking in. I've said this many times on many podcasts, nobody's coming to help. There's no person that is going to fill up your calendar with phone calls. There's no person that's going to start emailing you consistently with applications. It does not exist. There's no other broker, agent, friend, lender that's going to send you leads. It does not work that way. There's no brokerage that is going to give you leads. There's no free lunch. I learned this early on in life. There's no free lunch. If someone's giving you leads, there's a reason. It's costing a lot of money, probably not going to close. Other people have them, right? I'm not going to turn this into don't buy leads. I don't think you should, but there's no free lunch. So no one's coming to help. So the quicker you just say, I'm going all in, me and my family are going all in on this. 
I'm going to go make a half million dollars a year, working 30 hours a week and live a great life. I'm going all in to get that. So I wish I would have done that. Probably spent two to three years kind of dwindling and not really going all in. So I wish I would have done that. It was a big thing for me. So I went all in and when I decided to go all in, two things changed in my world. I said, A, I'm going to track clients. Finally, I'm going to like keep track of their email address and name and all that stuff and build a database. And number two, I'm just going to call people, right? I don't have a network. Even if I did, I'd call my network. I didn't have a network. I just call people, call realtors. Who do you know? How do you know? How do you know this person? I didn't have a lot of value ads. I just got on the phone. I literally got on the phone. What was my script? I didn't have a script. I said, hey, what's going on? I'm a mortgage guy. Is there any synergy here? Is there something I can help in your business? Like, is there some way I can help? Like, it was pretty simple, but I just remember getting on the phone, created momentum in my business. I started to talk about things more. I started to get better with how I'd handle objections and how stuff would roll off my tongue. I'd gain confidence. I gain a ton of momentum because then people go, yeah, yeah, call me next week or yeah, yeah, hey, let's talk about that. Let's meet or let's get an application or sure. And I'm like, wow, like I'm actually like doing stuff here. So I felt empowered, but that's once I decided I was going all in, right? It became a daily habit for me. So I want to share that with you. All these things we talk about, you know, these little snippets and all the stuff I've learned, I'm trying to bring this influence into the 10 Loans a Month Academy. We are an academy that is a bunch of courses and trainings in there with a community wrapped around it with some live calls each and every day, almost some live trainings um, about a bunch of different topics. I'll cover that in a different podcast, but I just want to share this with you. If you're interested in learning more about the 10 Loans a Month Academy, you can go to the number 10 loansamonth.com, 10loansamonth.com. There's a webinar there where I pull the curtain back and show you about 30 minutes what's going on. And then I make an offer at the end of the webinar. Okay. So there you go, kids. I'll be back with part three shortly, but thanks for listening. Bye. This is an I Love Mortgage Brokering production.